At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, Mike particularly, because you guys have such well-defined, like, characters. Right? And when I say character, not like it's made up, but like there's an attractive character profile. You know what I'm talking about. And so you guys have these moments of your lives and what the transition works so people can, you're, they're drawn to you. Because right? they, they see themselves in you guys' story, which is super dope. And that's yeah. how it's supposed to be. When I was thinking about mine, I'm like, okay, well, what is that persona? And for me, it's like these these moments of these like massive transitions for me, right? It was like from you a football player to like you just a regular ass person now. Like, you know what I mean? Because as a football player, you're kind of bigger than life and yeah. all these things. You walk around different, and then it's like that's gone. Or I'm in the military, and then I'm a civilian. Right? And it's drastic. I'm corporate and then I'm an entrepreneur. And I was thinking like all these different moments for me, it was like, I'm sitting there going through and you work so hard to like get a great job from one of these large corporations. You know what I'm talking about with that. So it's like your resume, how you interview, you doing all this shit. And then you go from that to having those companies invest in your company. Mm. And you feel like, damn, that's a full circle moment. But really, the next moment is you want to buy something from that company. Right. I don't want you to just invest in mine or acquire from me. I want to get to the point where I can acquire from you. Because mm. that's really the next level, is when you can actually be the acquirer. So what I'm working towards now is I want to be able to buy those brands. I want to walk in and have a meeting with P&G like, yeah, I want to buy a portion of your portfolio. James, I want to buy. You got a consumer division possibly going public on a separate side. I want to buy that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where my head is going. So sometimes now all these deals, it's like my brain is expanding because I'm like, this is the next run, and it's it's a crazy transition, and it comes with all that. What you guys talk about, all that like tension, right? Like, there's like pain in that because your thinking is stretched, like everything. But I'm like, that's why I celebrate the moment so much because I'm like. Yeah. Yo, this is the next step. It doesn't even matter how big the deal is. It's just, it's so much growth that mm-hmm. takes to get to that that thing. Like, it's the next square on the chessboard. That's it. That's it. You gotta get to the next square on the chessboard. You know what I'm saying? And, and life is, it's it's a whole game where you know you play chess with life, and ultimately you get to the point where you know you're the king, right? Like. You really not, like, on the chessboard, you got two kings, you got the queen, but you're not really the king until you knock off the king. You understand me? Because y'all positions are equal, so your power don't really matter until you have the most power on the board. You understand me? So whatever that king is in front of you, it could be whatever goal you have, it could be a part of yourself, it could be anything on that journey, 
But you have to get to the point where you knock off that king till you're the only king on the board and you have the ultimate power and say so on this board. And each life comes with a different, you know, you, you, you're just getting closer and closer and closer, right? What is those spaces for you on that board is how you can define your life. Like, yo, I'm playing chess. Now I've made this move. And all these moves is for leverage and strategy. And then once you live life based on leverage and strategy, every single thing you do is valuable to you times 10. Because it's not just the value of what I'm doing, it's the value of how I can use what I'm doing to get to where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? So I might let you knock off a little rook, but I'm going to take your queen. And once your queen ain't there to protect you, you only got a couple moves you can make. And that's where people got to be, though. You got you to gotta see the bigger picture. You know what I mean? You got to have a real vision. You know what I mean? And that's when I talk about, like, the idea of, of scale, because you can have success, and it doesn't mean that things are scaling and that they'll be as big as they should be. Because potential is different, right? It's subjective. But, like, my potential is mine. Your potential is yours. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying you got to have what is, what's your North Star? What is the broad vision for it? A lot of times we still think programmatically. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, they get, they win at the program or at the one game, but they don't get to the Super you know what I mean? Like, you trying to go to this next thing. So what is that larger vision? What's that larger purpose? Like, we're trying to get outside. So I'm trying to think, not programmatically, but I'm thinking institutionally. Mm-hmm. I don't want to build a great company. I'm trying to build an institution. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I'm nation building. What's my nation look like? Right. That's where I'm trying to push it. So I got to think downstream. What's my training group? So I always look at everything in three phases. I got the group for me, which is, okay, what's my workforce development? I'm training the next pipeline. What's my workforce creation? What's actually creating the thing that's going to operate? And then I need my acceleration. What's accelerating, right? What's putting gas on the fire? That's the framework of the institution. So some stuff doesn't have equal value in terms of monetary value, but they have the right place in the strategy in order for me to get to what the vision is of what I'm trying to build. But you got to break it out and like, that's where we got to really push people from a mindset because I'm not worried about the little wins just like I'm not worried about the little losses. Right. They just lessons. They just steps. Like, you that's know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, that's why I don't, I don't dwell on lessons of the past. Now, unless I try to squeeze out every ounce of perspective that I can take from it. But once I've squeezed it all out and at wherever I'm at, I can't get any more from it, yeah. it no longer exists to me. Now I'm back in the present and I'm moving forward. Some people only have so many moments in life that when one thing goes bad, they then center their life around that. You understand me? And this is why some people, when you do one thing to a person, is magnified because they don't have anything else. When you may continue to go, continue to grow, continue to move on, and you may have forgot about something. And for another person, that would have been a, a lesson that accelerated them into growth. So it really depends on your mindset of where your mind is when something bad happens to you, right? Because if you got the right mindset when something bad, it can actually propel you further. If you don't have an adaptive and a growth mindset when something bad happens to you, then it's going to uh, constrain you, right? And then it becomes a trauma, and then you overlive that trauma, right? And so now you will live out that trauma consistently because you'll be in that memory Recreating that mood, recreating that energy, taking it with you all day long, magnifying it, sharing it to others, allowing others to get into the religion of this trauma, 
Like you need them to believe that you were the biggest victim, but there are no victims in life in, in, in reality. There are, you know, a person can be classified as a victim based on however you want to go to, but I'm talking about a person that has a super mind can never be a victim. Because they will take anything that will turn them into a victim and they will become a victor. Absolutely. Right? Bro. Most people, dark stories is what allowed them to have a hero's journey. Right? You find me somebody that's great that don't have a dark story at some point in time. It may be one thing that happened to them, but that was enough. Some people have to have consistent things that happen to them where it's like, damn, you have to go through a lot before you figured it out. And then some people was like, no, nah, I was homeless for a month, and then I became a millionaire. You know what I mean? Like, but every people, everybody's adversity is different because one person may go through that. I'm like, man, that was nothing. That wasn't enough to actually push me. Some people had to go through darker tunnels with more pressure in order for them to feel like it was a moment of adversity where they make that pivot and change. It's your yeah. it's, it's whatever your journey is that's going to propel you to the next thing. But that's again, your mindset has to be on this bigger vision, mm -hmm. this bigger mission, this bigger purpose. Because then, if, if not, those moments become greater than what they are, mm -hmm. which are just moments, right? They're just blips in time, right? right? You know, a bad day, a bad afternoon, a bad morning. That's not a bad year. That's not a bad life, you know no. what I mean? Sometimes we get caught up and we allow these little these little moments to get too big. So that's why I don't like having too high of highs and too low of lows. Like, I'm mm -hmm. trying to stay steady state because I'm really just learning and growing and I'm, I'm, I'm pushing. But my vision is so big for me that I may actually never complete it. Yeah. Right, my I may never actually get to the end and that's why I'm just enjoying the process. That's what so you know you got the right vision. Yeah, it's got to be that, right? Because it's got to continue to evolve and grow. But if you sit there and you so focus on like this end state, well, then what happens? That's when you find people are lost. It's like, okay, they got to this goal, you accomplish it, and right. now you're like, Cause what What else? Think about <laughs> what, that. What next? Think about a Jay-Z, an Oprah, a Don Peoples, uh, Rihanna, uh, these black billionaires, right? Being in a moment where they was at their apartment and having $5 in their pocket. And then you bring to them this goal, like, yo, you'll be a billionaire that will accomplish breaking all of the records. Every statistical stereotype you can think of, plus beyond that. And is you want to be the biggest stars in the world and some of the most richest people to ever exist. And that seems like such a big journey that a person has a small mindset, that's too much pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you give somebody a big goal at the wrong time, it can crush them for ever wanting to do it because they feel like that's too much work. You give the right person, they only feel like that's their trajectory. Like, I only feel like I'm destined to do that. So it's like every move has to be going to this ultimate picture of me producing all of my potential, not some of it. But some, and, and this is the, the, the society of some people. The society of some people won't, some people won't make it. Some people won't be business owners. Some people won't be billionaires. Some people won't be millionaires. Some people shouldn't own businesses. Some people can't do for self. Some people can't think for self. You never want to be in the category of some people. You understand me? I want to be the exception of some people, right? I want to be the sum of it all. Like, I want to be the greatest version. Never put me in a category where some people can't do it. Because all people can do it, but do you have the will to want to do it? And when I say all people can do it, it's not saying that you're going to achieve exactly what somebody else achieved, but there's an inversion of achievement that is the highest height of what you will do in your life. I ain't going to say what you can do because it's hard to say what a person can do. 
you take Cardi B when she was a stripper and saying that she can be as big as Nicki Minaj, you know, and look at Nicki Minaj's lyrical rap skills, a person would have said, you wash your fucking mind. She can't never do that. That would have been the... Yeah. She may have had that thought, you can never do that. You will be bigger than Lauren Hill, right? Like, you will be top five female. That ain't never happening. That would have been the mindset of everybody who heard that at that moment. Yeah. I don't. You probably couldn't have found a human being that would have believed that. But look at what's possible. You know what I'm saying? See, and that's, that's that mindset. That's why I love the statement of David Goggins, right? Like, ultra marathoner, Navy SEAL, right? Just just an ultimate, just, yeah. just a beast of a dude. And his line that I always love and it sticks with me is, the goal is to be uncommon amongst the uncommon. Mm-hmm. And, like, I tell myself that all the time. So the goal think, is to be uncommon amongst the uncommon. You, 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 you have to because <laughs> what it does is now you're already putting yourself with the greats. Yeah. Right, so a lot of people in those moments where those things become too big, it's because they're looking at just the average. Right. Right, and it's like, that gets intimidating. When you already put in yourself, if Cardi B says, okay, I'm just comparing myself with every other person that's in the strip club with her, she's setting her sights low. That's a fact. But if she's looking and she already sees herself with the Lauren Hills and the Nicki Minaj's of the world, her ascension now feels different. Right. She's not, she's not even shocked by it. She's like, it's unlocked. It's like... I'm supposed to be here, so she's enjoying her journey. Right. And that's why she's just happy with it. Like, my thing is, I'm not even comparing myself with folks that are average. Yeah. Boy, I don't even want to be around average. No. I don't even understand that. I'm supposed to be around the folks that, I'm supposed to be around the great. That's why you don't want to celebrate average. Oh, my God. I don't even know what it looks like. People, like, it's like a sin of person, a person like. going going hiking and celebrating getting to the top of the hill. I know when shit, somebody in the climb out average already. You know what I'm saying? Like, Man, that's that's your average. You, know, you can celebrate any moment in life that you so choose to. But I don't think society should celebrate. You know what I'm saying? I think it's dangerous when society celebrates average when we already know what's humanly possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, what would be great if I did what was my max potential? Not if I excelled at 20% of it. And now somebody's celebrating me for not reaching my full potential. Because that's what celebrating average is. I'm celebrating you for not reaching your full potential. And, and the mindset for me, that, see, that's what I like. Because in my head, it's always been, it's funny, my mom used to always crack up with me. Like, when she would talk about saving and some of these things. And I said, Mom, you're, you're, you're talking to me as if, like, there's a ceiling. And I said, the reality for me is, like, every level that I go, I'm just setting a new floor. I don't, there is no ceiling. But I know I'm not going to go below because once I learned it, I, I got the knowledge. Yeah. You can't take that away from me. So I'm just, that's just a new floor. My floor keeps going up. But my ceiling, there is no ceiling. Like I, I keep going. I'm just, I'm just enjoying the process. So I don't I'm even see. Lane, drop three. Yeah, I don't know. There's no, there's no stop no in mind. We just, yeah, man. It's like we riding. Yeah. Like, Look, I mean, speaking of Wayne, when he said he was the greatest rapper alive, he, he, first of all, it was a statement that nobody was thinking of. Right? And this it's such a lesson in that because nobody was thinking this new language register alive. Nobody. But the moment he said it, he put out content that made everybody believe it. It was challenged, but as long as it's a conversation, it has the opportunity to become true. And then he went on this journey of proving why he's the greatest rapper alive. You understand me? And to this day, from that moment he first said it, 
there is a large majority percentage of people who believe he is the greatest rapper alive. So you have to also realize what you're not saying about yourself and what you're not putting out there in the world. Because it may never come true if you never say it, but you may be waiting for somebody else to say it. And so that whole waiting for people to give you your flowers shit is often waiting to die. You understand me? Because that's when people give you your flowers when you're dead. So waiting for people to give you your flowers is dumb. There's flowers everywhere. You understand me? I live on earth. God gave me my flowers. You understand me? Now it's time for me to go earn them. So that's different. Waiting to get them and earn them is different. So what Wayne did is he gave himself the flowers, then he earned them. You understand me? Because at the moment, he was not the greatest rapper alive. But by, by getting to the point where he can even say that, though, Yeah. right? Like, we, we, we don't even acknowledge the journey that somebody has to go through to even fix their lips to say that right. out loud. Right. Because at that point, he already started to believe it. But look, look at that's, what you that's said. That's the trip. <laughs> you know, I was listening to Dan Huberman. He was talking about how when you read something, right, your vocal cords activate, right, so that you are actually speaking it as well at a very low decibel. So if you put a microphone, you see it. Same thing if you read. So anything that you see in your environment, whether it's a symbol, it's going to cause a vibration here, right? Like we really produce from, you know, our larynx box and our throat chakra, as they call it, but just speaking things into reality. So by seeing things, you're speaking them into reality. By hearing things, that voice in your head, you're speaking it. So putting that out there had everybody else speaking it at the same time. You understand me? By listening to it, he had a whole world, even people that didn't believe it, he's not the greatest rapper a lot, they were speaking it. Just by putting him in the senses with being the greatest. So you got to understand the, the science that's so beautiful in that idea. <laughs> you understand me? Like... And, and that goes to branding, marketing, metaphysics. It really stretches across because some people are so good at doing successful things that they don't even know. They just natural at it. But when you reverse engineer, you realize I tapped into a science, right? And when you can teach those people to systemize the science that they tapped in, now they can have repeated excellence. So that's how you get a Drake. I tapped into something. Where's the team? Show me what I tapped into. Let's repeat. Repeat. Wrench, redo, now we can do this forever. And that's what you have to learn as a, especially an entrepreneur. Because if you can tap into whatever magic, it never becomes a phenomenon, it becomes a regular. You want to make whatever you can do excellent regular. You understand me? And whatever you do regular becomes excellent. <laughs> Talk to me, man. Talk to me, man. I said I was the greatest before I knew I was. You understand me? Was that Jay-Z? But, you know, I, I call myself greatest thought leader alive. You understand me? But the moment you say that, a person has to challenge you. So you, this is what you've got to be careful of. When you say something, it becomes a challenge in the world. If somebody else holds that spot unequivocally, you're now going against them. Not just them, but you're going against them in people's head. Right? If you claim to say, I make the greatest phones in the world, now you're going against Apple. You understand me? Now, a person go automatically, no, you don't. Apple does. So that's bad marketing off the rip. You would have to make a phone that's so great that it's so obvious that you won. But it's hard to beat the champion. You have to beat them very clear. It can never be by decision. You understand me? It has to be clear that, no, I beat these things. So when you are going for creating yourself, you have to create a lane that you can win in. You understand me? You have to be so good that it don't matter 
it, it, it don't matter who's in your lane that you're going to beat them unequivocally, or you have to create a lane that it is something you can take over because there's not a lot of mental real estate that's competitive for that belief in other people's head. You understand me? So if I say I'm the greatest thought leader, now I've got to educate most people on what a thought leader is and what's the criteria. So I educated myself, well, my skill sets have to span in many different industries, right? And I have to master multiple skills, being a speaker, having literature, being an author, right? Like philanthropy, you start going down these lists and you say, okay, let me go see who's so-called the greatest. I look at the greatest, can I beat them? That answer is a yes, then you're the greatest. To me, that's the simple formula. If the answer is you can beat who's ever in that place that you want to hold, you're the greatest. And of course, you got to go and beat them. And the reality is that most of these things are subjective. Right? Yeah. Like, so it's really about what you're feeling, mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's your belief. So what you're doing is by saying these things or these subjective statements, right, of, of grandeur, right, that have, that have weight to it, you now are influencing most of the time yourself. So by the time you influence yourself, I tell people, if you're a great salesperson, you better sell it yourself. Yeah. Because most people, they can't be great salespeople because they can't even sell themselves. That's a fact. They can't motivate themselves to get up in the morning to act, to do anything. Right? That's why they're, they're literally stuck in the moment. I said, well, you'll never convince anybody because you haven't even convinced yourself. Right. So by you saying something like that subjective, you are influencing yourself in the process, which means you believe and you will do it. That's Rev Reverend I gave a great, beautiful breakdown. The I am. He was talking about the I am. He said, he say, you know, you have to understand. Anytime you say I am, you're invoking God. Because God is the I am. He's all things. So when you say I am something, you're invoking God and then making yourself that thing. You're invoking that power. So you have to be careful what you say you are. You That's why, you know, they always say be careful what you wish for. Because once you receive it, there's responsibility that comes along with it. And some people don't want to maintain the things that they produce. But if you get to that point where you realize that true power and you say, I am, at that moment you're placing yourself. Because if you can call yourself into existence and you can name yourself, that's God power. You understand me? So you, for anything you want to be, you have to say, I am, and you have to say it out loud. My father told me a long time ago, he said, whatever you want, you have to say it out loud to the universe. You can't just say it in your head. You want to be a leader, say it loud, I am a leader. You understand me? I am a billionaire. I am a million. You have to say it, and you have to say it with extreme confidence. The neuroscience behind that is you can record yourself in moments of extreme confidence, right? So where you believe at the heightened sense of enthusiasm, because that is going to be this high-flying frequency, and you listen to that over and over and over. And it retrains you to be at that point of excitement and high frequency. Because sometimes you might not believe it as strong. But if you reprogram yourself, listening to your highest vibration of belief, now you're entraining yourself into that. So you can wake up and listen to yourself every single morning. So I remember I had doubts, and there's this video where I first fired my job. And I go back and listen. Because there was something about the brightness and the version of myself when you were saying that you had all of the vision for everything I'm living in me now. You understand me? Like, I'm living the vision of my old self and everything he had became pregnant with. I am the spawn of that. So I go back and listen to that energy light. That's the energy that will allow me to produce everything. 
because I can get comfortable along the way. Man, what's so amazing about content right now, and, and it's capturing so much of what we're doing, it's like these time capsules. It was when I first started podcasting, right, and recording stuff down, somebody literally told me, they were like, your daughter's going to be able to watch all this. Mm, and that, that changed everything for me. Because, you know, for me, I was, I'm, I'm such a private person for the most part in terms of my thoughts and, and a lot of what I'm doing. I, I work, you know what I mean, down here in my office and, and all of that. But when somebody said, man, this is, think of it as this is the gift you're giving to your daughter. Mm. And I was like, oh. I said, oh, it's, it's different now. <laughs> add, add more to that. What you're going to do is going to be so great that they will have to study it in lecture halls. And things that you think that you're saying are normal will be broken down, you understand me, and studied as part of, you know, exposure to one of the greatest mindsets to ever exist because of your accomplishments. This is why you look at old genius for Kanye West and you hang on to every word because you know that every word produced the reality. You understand me? So when you go back, a person looks at it and be like, wow, the mind was so brilliant. You, like, you know, growing up you look at quotes from old leaders, right, and geniuses, and you quote them because it came from someone who did something extraordinary. I, in the future, will be the most quoted man to ever exist. I lived in quotables. You understand me to where if I create content every 60 seconds, that's like a book's worth of knowledge because I'm cramming and condensing all of the knowledge that I've learned throughout my life in every sentence. You understand me? And that's the energy you get from it. Which is why if I speak for an hour, that's 60 clips that can change your life. And in those 60 clips, you might have to break that down to maybe 300, 400 quotes. You understand me? But my quotes are so powerful because the thing about quotes is there's data loss in a quote because you're condensing something down to a diamond size. You understand me? But it's why it's called a gem. Because what you get is the most quality of your thinking through a quote. Right? And a person can infer so much from all the things you learn that gives you a moment to where you condense this whole entire book into a quote. Absolutely. That's what powerful and that's, you know, we always have to be careful. I, and I tell people, pick your words. You know what I mean? Because those words have power. Yeah. And when somebody just starts to ramble, 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 you lose trust. That's what's up. Right? You, you start to, it's like, you bullshit. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's sit process and get it to those gyms, right? They say all the time, you know, we're, we're marketers, right? At the end of the day, most of these brands and these things that we've seen for years, like when I was running Tide or whatever, those were ideas that were written down on a napkin. You just took a three and a half now four billion dollar business and it started off on a sentence on the napkin. Like, think about that though, like sitting down, because life is this thing, right? Thoughts are sperms. You know what I'm saying? You get the right one, you got a good child. That good child turns into a lot world changing. You understand me? That's why they compare fecundity in the mind and the body the same. You, you got the most spermers rolling down there, you got thoughts in your mind. That's your fecundity producing. But when you can take one of them good ones and you can bring them out out of billions of thoughts that you have, trillions of thoughts that you have, there's some that's worth so much that if you extract them and you bring them to life, it changes everything. Everybody's got to, you know, you got to write stuff down. You got to. Because those moments, and you got to look back at it. 
every Sunday morning, I literally, so after I do, you know, church and et cetera and all those things, I go back through my notes for the week. Because mm-hmm. I just write, you know, most of us, right? We got the like, notes on our phone and I just, but I go through because I'm like, those are thoughts that I had. My goal and my strength is I want to take that thought, that idea, that piece of information, that moment, and I want to put it in action. Mm-hmm. I got business plans, man, from 09 that I'm just now doing. Yeah. Hey, now that's that's the dope shit. Cause I, I don't got think real shit written down from 09 that I'm literally just doing now. Yeah. Half this stuff that be up on the board, I'm like, yo, I, I wrote this out, man, a decade ago. Yeah. But I didn't lose it. Right. A lot right. of people, they have these thoughts and ideas, and they don't put it on paper. Right. You know, put it on paper, put it on your phone, whatever it is. You gotta record. You gotta you gotta create a moment, create that note, so that you can reference it and go back. Cause that was that was a gem. Yeah. In that a lot of people would just be giving their gems out, man. They just be throwing this yeah. stuff. Like you just throwing diamonds on the ground. You gotta say those. You gotta like, record what you doing? <laughs> and, and that's what I learned because I'd be like, sometimes I, I catch a quote and I tweet it, but you gotta put it in your notes. You have to own it, right? Got so, to. It's a bad thing about web tools. You don't own it, so you have to make sure it's. This is your. This is your. Like I got two books with, me, two brains with me, and this brain, my second brain, man. If I catch something throughout the day. The way my brain is processes information, it sorts out from the bullshit to things that I know I can use. So the moment that I see something that is valuable, my brain is automatically gonna bring it to my awareness and be like, "Yo, that's one of the ones you've been looking for." You know, these are the keys, right? There's certain keys that unlock certain things. If you get that and you add it, it's gonna unlock more. So I write it down. Thousands upon thousands of notes in here because. I might see something of value, forget, because it's so much other information for me to sift through. But it's, it's a reason your brain gives you certain things. Your brain knows your goals. It knows your strengths. It knows your weaknesses. It's bringing things to make you greater. It's bringing things to help you, you know, uh, have increase. So you can't ignore when your mind is giving you signals. You have to write that down. Got to put it down, man. And I, I, this, this almost is, is an entire module. Because this is where people mess up. Yeah, no, this you got to put stuff down on paper. Yeah. Whatever your paper is. But you got to put it down. And that's that, why that's, people have scribers back in the day. That's the greatest, greatest skill. You got to put it down. And it's like, that's the idea of storytelling. Because you never know, man. Sunday to Sunday. How about the Sunday ideas, right? Scribe, Sunday. Yeah. Yo, yo <laughs> honestly, that voice to text, that's why they actually talk about our phones. It's mostly going to be voice. Because what happens is people do all this talking. Mm-hmm. And they lose shit. We're accustomed to just talking and speaking now, but you need something that's taking taking note of that. No, you need that that note taking. <laughs> is it ten thousand dollars? Because now you got to start to process what you could do with that hour. Mm-hmm. Is it is it a million? Is it so? Are you giving that away to somebody just in a meeting? Mm. Is it worth that? So like the aspect of time, because that time is now that correlation with wealth. How much time can you afford? People try to pay me to come on a podcast when they got this number that they think makes sense. But the reality of it is, is that you paying for my time. So the same way, if a person asks me to come speak somewhere, they know they got to pay me a certain amount. Why? It's because of the time. And then, of course, my mental energy, my presence, my brand value, all of that. So if you ask me to be on your podcast and you tell me I give you $500, I'm going to automatically feel like you don't value my time. You understand me? Because you can't tell me that my hour ain't worth more than $500. That's why a person could never... The first gig I ever took for speaking was $500. Mm-hmm. 
You understand me? Years ago, right? And so imagine how much value I've added on myself since then. And you want to pay me my starter fee when I first started. You know, you're not accounting none of my factors of value. Why you want me there in the first place? So a lot of people don't grow because they don't know how to value others. Well, it's, it's that, but it's also, it's relative, right? And it's in the moment, right? Because some moments you couldn't pay me for. Yeah, that's right. So, so if that time yeah, is the birth of my daughter, yeah, it doesn't matter what you're paying, right? Because I can, now I, mean, I like can afford. Dollars, I, I might just meet the next, but see, now I I the next can, daughter birth. I might just be. And it depends, right? That's, that, but that's, be, that's up to you. Record it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put it in a high-level conversations. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie. But, but there's always, that, that becomes the number, right? And it's, and it's about that moment. It depends on what else you have going on. Yeah. And that's why when people are talking about all this, know your worth and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's what can you walk away from? Yeah, there are some things. That's the key. What, what, can, can, you, what can you afford to walk away from? Because there's always a point. Mm-hmm. Right? So if that, okay, it's the birth of your child, and somebody offers you a billion, can you afford to walk away from that? That's now what you're asking, Right? And that's okay. Whatever that answer is, right, that's okay. Look, look, look. look. My mom, <laughs> she had nine children. If my pops missed my birth to go get a billion, I would be proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> but it all depends. That's I would be saying, so but, proud But here's the thing. It's always it's up to you, right? And it depends on what those things are, right? I know I deal with people on meetings where I know that they are absolutely going to stop working at 6 o'clock because they got to go pick up their kids. Mm. And it doesn't. they're not going to miss that. No, that's key. That's 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 what it. So it doesn't matter what the number is. Yeah. So all these folks talking about know your worth and all that. What can you afford? Some things you don't have full command of your time. Some people just don't have enough command. So you know what? Your time might be only worth ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Cause you you need it. Right. Oh yeah. People smell desperation. That's so that's different, right? And, and that, that also might goes be, in, It might be a million. That also goes into negotiation. If I want to do something and I feel like I can leverage it, you're already paying me to do something that I want to do and I can use. So I'm not going to haggle you as much as if you're getting me to do something that was not in my plans that I don't particularly want to do. You then have to pay me a different kind of fee. You understand now, me? if I want to do it, I don't need you to pay me anything. Right. Because I actually... That's what I'm choosing to do. I actually want to do that, so I don't need anything. Right. You that doesn't mean that. I won't take something, right? Yeah. But like, I'm not even worried about it because I'm actually enjoying it. That's something right. I'm choosing to do. So all this idea of know your worth, that's why I'm like, folks that are sitting there working jobs, I have real real challenges sometimes with, with employees. Because I'm sitting there, I'm like, so you paid to go to college. Mm-hmm. I'm paying you to come on this job, and you're learning. Like, say that again. You got to say that. So it's literally like when I when I'm sitting there trying to process, folks. You've paid good money to go to college to learn. Mm-hmm. You come on this job, and I'm teaching you. Your work, and you getting paid. That's crazy. You know, that's wild. People be wanting so me to you, pay them to be around me. So you literally have to process oh. to yourself. You got to sit there and think as an individual, like, well, what are you actually getting out of it? Now, if you're on a job and you're not learning, have a discussion. Yeah. But anybody that's sitting around me, I'm hoping that you're learning. Man, I work. That I'm exposing you to do something. But see, you don't even know how valuable the opportunity is that you're given because everything is money based, right? That's that's what destroys us in capitalist society, especially when you're in survival mode. You got to pay for everything. You don't realize the education and exposure and the experience. So. 
And that's a limited thinking. What that is, that's Ooh, limited. Oh, those are the three E's. Education, exposure, experience. That is it's value. Like, when I worked at Prada, I would have never paid them a couple hundred thousand dollars to work for them. Number one, I didn't have it. Number two, I didn't know the value that I was going to receive from the education, the exposure, and the experience. If I did know how it was going to help me develop certain skills, then I would have paid for it because I would have realized that this is going to allow me to make millions. Right? But if you don't know the value of the education, the exposure, and the experience, then you won't pay for it. You're going to want to be paid for it. Right? Which cheapens what that experience is in the first place. And then you categorize it as a job instead of education, exposure, and experience, which increases value. And that's, that's the difference between a weak mind and a super mind. Mm -hmm. Folks are going into things with the wrong transaction. Mm. you thinking all you're getting out of something is money. Mm. You're missing the learning. You're missing the lesson. You're missing the experience. You're missing the education. Now it all changes. Money is the cheapest thing you can get out of an experience. Absolutely. From entry level to vice president, in five years. Mm. We talking on Fortune 50 companies. I wasn't doing that for the money. I was just chasing all the experience, the knowledge, the information. And the fact that I got paid while doing it, mm. it was crazy to me. It was and crazy. And still leverage the story of the experience. Absolutely. So there's so many different ways you can leverage what you've been through and what you do. Like even your story, your dark times have a value attached to it because if you tell that story, that other people can gain perspective from going through similar things, and now you have value. You may feel like you just went through the worst thing. You've just been given value, right? Because now you have adversity. Now you have story. Now you have relatability. Now you have narrative. Now you can be used. But if you've never been through nothing, you can't be used. So you have to be appreciative of what you went through because that was God giving you value. Before that, you, you find me somebody that ain't been through nothing. What the hell? How, who gonna relate to him? You've been giving everything in your life. I'm sorry, I can't relate to you. You show me the brother who's been through everything in their life. Brother, your experience have given me everything. You, 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 it felt like you was getting rained through the mud, but you was getting planted as a seed. You understand me? Now, not only you've grown, you've produced fruit that can help other people grow. So now you become a fertilizer. Information was really, really hard to get back in the day, mm -hmm. right? Like our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, information wasn't just freely, you know, mm -hmm. out there. It wasn't easily accessible. Now we got so much information. Right. But what we got is we've gotten complacent. We got a lot of laziness. Yeah. And that's why I say everything, man. It's about those who can go from information to application, the fastest one. Mm. You got to be able to synthesize and process the information. So that's why I like mm -hmm. writing stuff down. Mm -hmm. Because it gives you time, gives you time to think as you're putting it down. Because now you're you're putting motion to it, whether you typing it, you writing it, whatever it is. Now you processing right. it. You got a higher chance of actually moving that into application. Yeah. Really bring it to life. Every business, everything I had. That's why they say write a business plan. Yeah. Because everybody got ideas. That ain't shit. Everybody got an you idea. Gotta set it on fire. Did you did you actually put the plan down? Did you put it on paper? Because once you put it on paper and you write that business plan. Oh, you're going to launch that. Oh, it's, it's real. Then. Oh, you're launching that. Launch it's, it's done. Like, you know, I, you know, being able to set things on fire. On fire is going from fascination, imagination to activation. <laughs> Watch I tell you, man. I'm on fire right now.
you gotta go from fascination to your imagination. See, imagination is where you 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 actually create everything. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where nothing is built out in reality first. Everything is built out in the mind, the imagination. Absolutely. Absolutely. You understand me? So you can be curious or fascinated about things. And most people are just in the fascination stage of the world. We just fascinated with all of the information and the things that we got. We don't actually put things in our imagination on how we can use them and how we can build with them. Once you get a clear vision in your imagination on how you can use it, how you can synthesize this information, how you can, you know, uh, um, make it a resource, then you go to activation. How do I work it into a plan, right? The only thing that can stop you from the stages of imagination and activation is education, right? Because if you don't know, you can't do. But once you know, then you can do. So if you're able to figure out whatever you need to do, what's going to stop you? Just having energy to do it. Right? And this is why, you know, health is wealth. Because if you have the energy, you have the know-how, only thing that stops you is laziness. Everything is mindset at that point. So this is why mindset is the most important thing in the world. Because everybody has equal access, but not everybody's going to do the same thing with their access. And that's super mind. And that's super mind. <laughs> nothing more needs to be said at this point. <laughs> That's why folks got to sign up now. That's it's, 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 it's done. That's it's, done. That's different. <laughs> different right there. I ain't gonna lie. Y'all just got it. He closed that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he, yeah, didn't no, that's, that's, he just put that, the bow um, on that right there, huh? That, that's, that second <laughs> brain concept on that, huh? is key. Yeah, that's, that's how I love conversation right there, shit. Yeah, because we always try to put things in our head, you know what I'm saying? We don't get them out. Um, even small things like uh, remembering somebody's name. There's so many things on a day that we just do that puts up space in our head that we don't put out. Right. And I feel like a lot of what y'all were saying is about um, not really worrying about competition because you have to look in the mirror. Like, you really, whether you're talking about the Cardi B example you're going through, or you're talking about the Lil Wayne example, talking about the great, you know, the, the best rapper alive, it's like, these are all people who saw it, something in themselves before anything else. You know what I'm saying? So Because when you focus on the competition, though, bro, that, that's the problem. Yeah. People focus on the competition, they're already making an excuse for why they can't achieve it. Mm -hmm. Competition you, distracts you, you. You've already stopped yourself. Why are you worried about what the competition is doing? It don't matter. It don't matter. Because if, if I run my best race, it don't matter what you do. What was the Goggins quote? Unique are the... Um... Be it, the goal is to be uncommon amongst the uncommon. Somebody wanted so to I'm waste my about time on today or yesterday. And they wanted to bring up an old problem, right? And they said, what are you afraid of ruining your reputation? They said, well, solid people, reputation can't be ruined. I said, I'm not afraid of ruin. It's distraction. I don't want to be distracted by something that has no value. You understand me? And if you were doing things of value, you wouldn't distract yourself with things of value, right? So when you are in a place where everything you're doing is creating value, anybody that brings in a distraction is a liability, right? So you have to be very careful with allowing people to come in your life with liabilities and distractions. You understand me? Because what is distraction? Let's break it down. When in life, you have action. That action is supposed to give you traction. You understand me? That traction is supposed to turn to attraction because it's supposed to attract the things that you want. Pull those things into your world. Anything outside of that is a repulsion, so it becomes distraction. You understand me? So I don't allow people to make my energy repulsive to the things that I want to magnify. You understand me? And become more magnetic. So I will not allow unattractive people to become distractions in my life.
brother from Oakland. <laughs> hey, brother talk from that. Oakland. Hey, you talking that? His brother from Oakland, for real. Come on, man. No, but it's why, like, even on a practical sense, like, so I had an issue when I was when I was really coming up, especially in in business. I had this rule where I take every meeting, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and what I what I was trying to convince myself on was. I don't want to miss an opportunity to learn, mm -hmm. right, and grow. Mm -hmm. And and I always said you learn so much by the questions people ask you, mm -hmm. right? And so the interaction. So I was taking all these meetings, and I thought I was gaining energy. And then it got to a point where I realized that there was so many distractions mm -hmm. that I was actually pouring into folks. I was I was losing energy. They weren't mm -hmm. filling my cup, mm -hmm. and I had to change. And it was and it's always challenging for me because I'm an extrovert just naturally. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't realizing, man, I was feeling drained. It was pulling me down. And I said, you know what? Before I take any meetings now, I need to see pre-reading. If you want to reach out to me, I want to make sure, write it down, send it to me first. Mm. Because I don't want to just have brainstorming sessions. Mm. I'm not doing all that. That's a waste of time. That's a distraction. Bro, you, just, you, just, hey, you just unlock something for me. Because, <laughs> no, listen, because I was having a meeting yesterday. And what I realized is that I was giving them more value than they was giving me. Because I started advising them on how they can make what they were trying to do better. You understand me? So I'm giving them realizations, right? So it's like some of those meetings are draining because you end up giving more. And people is calling you to add value, but you end up adding more value to them. Because you're seeing more in them than they see in themselves. Yeah. So all of a sudden, just because that's your energy, you can't help it. Right. Right? So if, you, if, if we're in front of each other, I already, it's already with love. Mm -hmm. Right? It's already with belief. So I already got confidence in you. So I'm only going to speak to you in right. that way. I'm going to speak to you into what your potential is. Mm -hmm. I'll never speak down to you because that's a waste of time. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even spend my energy doing that. Mm -hmm. So now I'm just giving you more confidence and you taking it. Right. But I'm looking like, damn, the meeting is over. Right. The interaction is done. And I'm like, Shit, yo, I didn't, get, I didn't get nothing. I'm, I'm over here needing a Gatorade. Like, I done, yeah, I done tired yeah. myself They up. don't want to close the call at that point. They trying to bring up more <laughs> yeah. stuff. I'm like, nah, because I know the more I'm talking, I'm just giving you money. You understand me? I'm just giving you gold. Because here's a lot of people, and this is this is what people think they slick. Mm. People want to call you and they hope that you're ignorant on the thing that they're calling you about. Because then they never have to give you, number one, full value. If you don't know the area or industry that these people are talking to you about, that's why it's, it's important to have knowledge on multiple things. Being a master, super gifted, logical person and have a deductive and abductive reasoning about myself, I can infer what one thing means to the other. You give me enough information, I can paint a picture on what you're trying to do. Like, it's not that hard for me. No matter what subject it is in the whole world, if you can teach me enough things, I can infer the rest. So when I sit on a call with people, and people don't realize, like, I'm not just some influencer that just posted on Instagram. I do everything. I study everything. So they don't know that I'm already well-researched enough in their category, right, to have almost the same level of expertise that they would have on this call. So, But they hoping that you don't know so that they can play you like you dumb. Now they can charge you more. Now they can charge you for things that you don't need, where instead you'd be like, wait a minute, you want to charge me for this? Isn't that just this? And if that is just this, and I can get my team to do that, I need you to just do this thing. Because that's the only value that you actually bring in. But they wrap all of it in this bullshit and all of this fluff when it's really only one central value and the rest is just them trying to upsell you. So it, it takes a super mind to have that Kremlin-like negotiation skills. Because that's... That 
you usually will lose money by being lazy. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. So a lot of people there are receiving information, but they're not actually comprehending what it is. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just going through them, and that's why you got to think about the application. Because when you because when you think work. about the application, right? That's now putting that information. In. So now conceptually, there's not too many things that you won't be able to process. That's a fact. So I tell everybody, I'm a conceptual learner because I understand because I put so many things into action. Oh yeah. Where now it doesn't matter. Okay, it might be a different industry, a different thing, but I've seen a similar play. Right. Okay. All right, and then I get also, what you're saying. To, to add a caveat to what I said, you have to be careful of thinking you know at the same time. Absolutely. Because you can get played like that. You can get played based on what you think you know, too. You understand me? Because people can use the information of how you're referencing it and thinking you know something, and then they'll let you go with your arrogance. You understand me? And never educate you in that moment to be like, actually, it don't work like that. And then you can give away your level of education in that level. So it's better to listen on a lot of those calls. Because if a person hear you speak, then they can tell where you at. You're trying to prove how much you know, and you end up proving how much you don't know. Right? And then that person could be playing chess with you. You understand me? So that's that's something I'm cognitive of as well. It's layers to this. You know what I'm saying? It's layers to it, player. You understand me? He's so Oakland, man. You feel me? I'm just saying, man. You know how it is on your calls, man. People, language is so important, man. Because if a person know you don't speak the language, then they can say whatever they want in front of you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't speak the language of this kind of commerce. You don't speak the language of these funds. You don't, yeah. like you say a lot of stuff. Sometimes I gotta go look up. You yeah. understand me? But once you speak the language, and a lot of time people will falsify their language to impress you, just to show you that you're on the outside of this. Absolutely. You understand me? But they could simplify it to bring you inside if they wanted to. So you have to be careful of people that speak languages purposefully for you not to understand so they can paint them picture of you being smaller and them being bigger in that particular area. But that's just business at the same time. You know, like, that's a that's just a solid business practice to be honest, that's capitalism. You, you're not gonna get rid of that. And it's something that you may wanna add into your speech and your vocabulary because you can now start grading the level that people are at based on number one if you say something that they don't understand and they just not when you know they don't understand you probably made the shit up you understand me now you know you can get away with so much yeah, right yeah. like it's, it's 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 so many mind games and a lot of people are like man i don't want to keep up with all of that the thing about it is is your brain will just naturally be trained it's not something you have to look for i was all i was trained to to filter deceit from a young age. Yeah. We were taught about tricknology, right? The, the knowledge of tricking, right? Like a person utilizing deceit. Socrates, you know, Aristotle, all of them, Marcus Aurelius, those guys that created early philosophy, European philosophy, they practiced the art of deceit. Yes. Using trickery, utilizing these words, like going into law, that's all that is. Yeah. You understand me? Legalese. So understanding that, when I studied it when I was a teenager, because I wanted to be able to interpret deceptive language, yeah. right? So now when I'm sitting in front of people, they think they got one on you, but they don't know I actually speak that language. Well, and that's, that's where people have to really be careful because, you know, we, we convince ourselves that things aren't transactional. Mm -hmm. And that's where entertainment gets really dangerous. And that's where the deceit is, right? So, you know, that Plato quote, man, one of my favorites is, those who tell stories rule society. Mm. Mm. 
Right. right. And, when you, and when you talk about that, right, a lot of times people are telling us stories and they're ruling and we don't understand. We're thinking we're being entertained. Right. But we, we, we are actually, we're the commerce. Like, we, we, we're being, there's a transaction being placed. So I like to go into things, man, understanding, like, what's the transaction to be had? That's mm -hmm. the deal. Right. Now we can, we can war game, right, and strategy, and right, now we, right. we got a banter and things are going through, and that's cool. That's, that's in the interaction. But it's because it's still a transaction. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't willing to go into transactions. Mm -hmm. They're going into stuff and just thinking it's entertainment. And I'm like, well, you lose. You already lost. Right, right. Everything's right. a transaction for Everything me. is. A, <laughs> content is a transaction for attention. The, the moment somebody gives you their attention because you created content, you have an opportunity to create leverage. You have opportunity to hypnotize, opportunity to manipulate, an opportunity to, to propagandize whatever you're pushing out. These weren't opportunities that were afforded to human beings up until recent. Absolutely. You understand me? Absolutely. If you did not have the money for an advertisement mm -hmm. agency, if I was just studying Emory Douglas on how Black Panthers was always on the run and there's always people after them, so they had to create cheap ways to print out their messages when they wanted to rally, when they wanted to create art. So they would, oftentimes that style that they utilized, Emory Douglas style, where it's like black propaganda, it allowed people to accept the message as if it was their own. So without having that many men, if you have the message, it then makes up for that, right? Because that's the story you tell them. People looking at it, now you got white folks want to jump in. Actually, I don't like the government. They're not paying us enough. Mm -hmm. This is not a black and white thing. This is a class thing. This is an American thing. All of a sudden, you're telling the story. Yeah. You understand me? And you're allowing people to attach their own narrative, perspective, and emotion to it. Now they become a part of a movement because the movement is this entity. It's not owned by anybody. It's just saying, do you want to be a part of this thing that's moving to make change? Absolutely. Right? So, but media allowed, if you look at the top thought leaders, or black leaders in American history. You got Frederick Douglass. He had, I believe his was called the North Star. North Star. You had Marcus Garvey. His was called, I think, it wasn't the Black Star, but he had the Black, black Star, Star line. There's a yeah. Black Star line. North Star, Black Star, right? Then you have Malcolm X, right? He founded Muhammad Speaks for Elijah Muhammad, right? Then you have Minister Farrakhan who founded Final Call with the Nation Islam. Now, when you go, and then of course you had the People's Program with Huey P. Newton, right? So, when you look at why the success was there, people often emotionalize whether they are connected to a leader or a dialogue or rhetoric or whatever. None of that matters. What made them successful is what I look at, right? And what made them successful was media because now they can put their message in the minds of the people and they can spread it across. So Marcus Garvey had chapters across the world. The Nigerian flag of Black Star is a representation of Marcus Garvey's movement, yeah. Yeah. right? He had followers before there was social media. Yeah. How? If you can spread a message, that's why the printing press shifted the world. Because information that could be only carried by men, right, and written through ink inscribers can now be printed in mass production. And you're talking about a time where people were illiterate so they would tell stories through illustration, Absolutely. right? So now these people, they don't really know the problem. They don't know the context. They're looking at propaganda cartoons, and now they're feeling and they're sensationalizing things through propaganda and polarization, and now these people become a part of these movements. When it was never their movement, it was the movement of the rich. 
utilizing the people for their agenda. Absolutely. So once you understand and you give that power to the average person, everybody, people will be like, I ain't got no agenda. Why not? Why wouldn't you have an agenda? You show me a business that don't have an agenda that's that's profitable. Man, it's, you know, because we're talking the, the WB Du Bois's mm -hmm. of the world, the Marcus Garvey's of the world, mm -hmm. right? We, you know, the, the, the Malcolm X's, the Martin Luther King's, right? The list goes on and on. You start to think about, imagine if they had Twitter. Oh. <laughs> when you when you literally just when you when you put your mind in that space, it's like, man, the tools and the access that we have, and the way in which we can we can spread a message, not just in our own communities, right? Because you got to think, these folks were actually creating movements by doing it and organizing locally, and hoping that it was going to spread word of mouth. There was no national platform for them. Man, we don't even have national platforms. We got global platforms. Yeah, global. You got a global tool in your hand. I talk to people. And you don't want to have an right agenda? I might you don't have, have an agenda? How you not got it? I might have North with Koreans this? listening to me. Listen, I, if, if, if I'm going to get on here, please believe it's for the world. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I got an agenda. I told him mention a long time ago. I said, <laughs> I'm going to start 19 Keys, and it's going to be a global entity around the world, and it's going to be known as a like enlightening thought leader, like it's gonna be a movement where everybody gonna be calling me 19 Keys. I'm gonna be known for enlightening people and spreading all this information around the world. Now, this time I probably got like 500 followers. It's a true story. 600 followers, something crazy like that. So when a person gives you their vision, right? But I seen it as clear as day. Mm. It came to me, and the thing about you know God gonna speak to you, but you gotta listen. God, you know what I'm saying? He even God's so raw. He will sit there and he will paint a picture for you, for free, and he will put it in your head. You understand me and be like, "Yo, would you like this?" And you gotta say, "Yeah, it came from God. I love this. This was raw. This is me. It can be. It's up to you. Where's your will? You got free will. I'm just giving you visions on what you can do with it. So once I get that vision, I'm not ignoring that. I'm like, I can do that." I know it's possible because I thought of it. So I validate my ideas based on the fact I thought of them, not because other people verified them. And we have a society waiting on verification. Man, say it again. You understand yeah, me? Yeah, run that back, man. Say you get, we need that clip. Run that clip back again and again and again. But, but that's real though, right? We got a validation society, a verification society. You're waiting to be verified. Instead of going through the process of self-validation. From an external source that does not matter. Doesn't matter at all. Like, there could, there could be nothing that a blue check or another person's opinion can give me that is not already there. But when the world runs off verification, now you have to play a game of getting verified. You understand me? Which doesn't mean you are the most valuable. It means you may be the most verified. See, and now you, now you get in. Now we can get into like how you take that to what happens in the process. Everybody, you know, they want to come up, especially if you're venture back. How do you pitch to VCs? How can you handle that, right? When you're pitching to a VC, right, a venture capitalist, and you have an idea, a mm. thought, something that you want to put out in the market, you're going to get a lot of no's. Mm. So if you're looking at that, that as your validation source, you'll stop long before you get a yes. Mm -hmm. You'll never create anything. You know, you look at Bill Gates create Microsoft, they said this man had over a hundred no's before he got his first mm. check. You got one of the most powerful companies in the world. Mm. That a hundred people passed on. They was just singing. A hundred people said it was a bad idea. 
if he would have listened to that, he'd still be in the garage. Mm. So we out here waiting on somebody else. It's like, do you believe it? And that's right. why I say the greatest sell, you got to be able to sell yourself. <laughs> if, if, you, if you feel like that's a great idea, guess what? It's a great idea. And that's how you know, <laughs> that's, that's it. That's how you know some people are, when, if you can't, like being crazy is such a crazy idea, right? Like, because other people can't see something doesn't mean you're crazy, right? Nowadays, we call that a mental illness. But if you can see, and a lot of times it can be pattern recognition, it can be all these things that you are gifted at. But if you have a rare gift and people are not used to that gift, then they would think it's some supernatural mental illness, whatever it may be. You could have been the only person in the world that was born with it. So, of course, it's not going to make sense to nobody else. So, if you're given a vision that is so rare that nobody else can see it, right? It, 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 and then you would think you're crazy. So, you have to be able to validate yourself to say that, you know, just because I'm the only one can see it, just means it exists in my world. My goal is now to make everybody else see it. Because you are, it exists before the world, because observation changes reality. Absolutely. We know that from physics. So the moment you can get mass amount of attention, what they call harmonic convergence, a bunch of people to think about something at once, you literally vibrate atoms. You literally bring, nothing in reality exists without vibration, right? Everything had to come together and be constructed through atoms, right? And different chemicals and parts coming together to be composed. So at a fundamental level, I think about myself being composed as fast vibrating molecules and atoms. You understand me? And atoms are so powerful that you can create atomic bombs if you get the right formula. So we have the power, an atomic power that exists within our body we have cosmic power that exists within our body, and we have every element within the universe, which means that we are already composed of every single thing that we need to create every single idea into reality. So you would have to find something that doesn't exist in our universe in order for it not to be possible. You understand me? Because we are already composed of all the elements that make it possible. <laughs> that connects to what you were saying on... Um... <laughs> what y'all was saying earlier and uh, talk. <laughs> what you said at No Jumper uh, yesterday about the gifts like people being um, uh, I think you said genius was the most one of the most uh, misappropriated words right because like we all have it you know we all have it inside so it's kind of like relates back to what y'all were saying even about writing right putting things down on paper like your individual thoughts your individual way of looking at it because like you always say like everybody should write their own book you know, everybody should write their own book because they all have their own process. Even what you were saying about, you know, this technology being, um, you know, this tool, it also, you know, people use social media just to show what food they're eating. Just, you know, it's, it's not even it's not even a real when you're writing a book. It has to be something that's um, it, 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 or it doesn't. Trend, well, it's, there's true. so much undocumented value in the world. Yeah. And, and that's why I talk about pulling equity from value that you already created. Right. Like I have. If I got a podcast, right, it reaches a million people, three hours, right? There may be a clip I can pull out that 12 minutes, and that can reach a million people. Mm. You understand me? So now I can go pull equity out of value I already created. Absolutely. You understand me? But it's not always about creating something new. It's about maximizing the things you already have. And if you haven't maximized mm -hmm. what's here, 
you'll be like the person always asking the next question, never believing they have the answer. Yeah. You understand me? And that one, the questioning phase can be very dangerous in life. And that's where a person goes on this journey, they on social media, I just need this next piece of information, and that's going to be it. I need this next thing. I need been you, you being getting coached for 30 years and ain't did shit. That's that's the insecurity, right? That's that's what happens with people. They don't and I love the term genius actually because you gotta recognize that you are a genius. Right. That's that's really the mindset, so then you can appreciate it. Right. Because if somebody says they're a genius, we automatically appreciate their work. Absolutely. So you gotta tell yourself you are a genius too. So right. you can appreciate your work. And that's why I love how you talk about that, extracting the value out of it. Because we're so quick on the next thing. Mm -hmm. Right. We create something that we put time, energy into, and it was great. Right. And then we don't even appreciate it. We go to the next thing. Right. And it's like, you ain't maximize, you ain't maximize the value out of that. You just said you're working on ideas from 2009. That you're Bruh, just that's putting I'm, in I'm, I'm holding that because I'm like, nah, I'm still, I'm still working on it. That's what we were, we were talking about some of the, uh, the ayahuasca and like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. all of that. And he was like, you know, so, you know, it takes you to a new space at a new place. And I said, man, I'm still trying to, <laughs> I'm still trying to catch up with the world that I already thought of. Yeah. I don't need to go somewhere new yet. I, I'm still, I'm catching up from, from 09. <laughs> yeah. I still, I, I still got stuff in the can, yeah. but you know, and, and, and that's, you know, it's, it's a joke in a sense, but it's like. It's are you maximizing that value? I love I love that piece. Like, are we appreciating what we've done? Are we appreciating what we have? Are we appreciating who we are? In that sense of like gratitude and thankfulness. That's why you know when you when you have a, a higher power and a belief, you're so grateful and so present in the moment. You're maximizing what you have, and now it's like, okay, the next thing I do, okay, it's coming, but like. Yo, I got so much. I, I got a body of work of wins that I appreciated, mm. that I love, that I'm so thankful for, and I'm just, I'm still, I'm just pushing. I'm pushing, but all of it is building. You know, it's it's this insecurity that I'm seeing with folks, man, and it it, it really pains me because they're not appreciating. They don't think that they're great. They don't think they're of value. They don't think they have something. and so it's just it's now that doubt is just layering and they just digging holes and they can't get out of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you gotta, you gotta flip it. You are a genius. You right. are great. You are, you, whatever you thought of, like you are God's creation. Yes. You know how magical it is to just be a functioning individual human being on this planet and what we're capable, you are supposed to be great. That's why I still, I, I, I don't care. I will wear this man for the rest of my days. When I talk about normalizing black excellence, but you can take the black out, it don't matter. Normalize your excellence. We all got it. Mm -hmm. We all got it. And you gotta you gotta feel it, like you gotta know that. We gotta remove this insecurity, all this bullshit that's out here, man. You gotta know that you are great. You are a work of art, you are a masterpiece. You know, they they got me thinking about like Lauren Hill. That I like we got fast consumption in society. So Sometimes, like, consistent creation comes from this insecurity of moving based on society. You understand me? But you can create something one time that is so valuable that it's forever. And you can slow down the world's consumption of it by not creating more. Right? Saying that you have not fully enjoyed or appreciated. How many times you got to listen to a Lauryn Hill song before you've gotten enough spins and you fully enjoyed it? You have to consume it over your lifetime in order to fully appreciate it. Then it goes to generations, right? But if 
Imagine if now she got five other projects, right? <laughs> this song might get washed out now. Absolutely. You might not listen to it no more. You're not giving because you got a chance to appreciate it. And, and if she don't make a hit the same way you liked it, now it depreciates the previous art. So like that whole idea of a one-hit wonder, people make fun of them. What? That's crazy. This person, that's the, that's, that's the, that's the Mona Lisa that people love, which is regular paint. You know what I'm saying? But that's a that's a Mona Lisa. That's a Basquiat. Like art gets to be encapsulated as this one off brilliance that can exist forever. But we've learned to consume things because of capitalism. Because if you're not making more, then I can't sell more. So it's never it's not based on your magic. It's not based on your genius. It's not based on the appreciation and the value of the art you create. It's based on capitalism and how we can sell it. So therefore, I need you to view yourself through the lens of capitalism of what you're creating and selling next so that I can make profit off you. So that's why people don't know how to appreciate themselves if a machine is not making profit off them. Right? And so you have to scale down. Like, high-level conversations. No, people, people are literally, they just... They, Best they, shit in the world. Hacking, hacking consumption, man. All, all this is about, like, we just we consume, consume, consume. And we really have a problem, especially in America. You know, we are, we are addicted to being consumers. We're trained to be consumers. Yep. And it's like, we don't even understand how to appreciate stuff. Right. That's why folks are, they're not into arts. They're not into wine. They're not into traveling experiences, these things that, that last lifetimes. We get addicted to just buying cheap bullshit over and over and over and over again. You don't even know what quality is anymore. Man, most of the people in the world never produced anything. So I'm like, let me be a one hit yeah. but that just I'll take that. That, just that means you, I got a hit. It don't make you a one hit. It just makes you a producer. There's just two categories in the world. Producers and consumers. If you've never produced anything, you are just a consumer. You understand me? You, as long as you produce something, you're a producer. Right? So like, when you're talking about being a creator, creators are producers. We create something almost every single day to feed the gluttony of attention. You understand me? But it's such a mass scale that this has never been done in history. That there are certain people that have so much brilliance that they can create every single day. Right? At scale. You, most TV companies can't do that. If they had to produce something every single day, they would go out of business. Absolutely. You understand me? They have small seasons, short ones, and you know, they maximize that. You run ads, you, you, you figure out as much as you can to maximize this amount of attention. But creators, you accumulative have garnered more views than your favorite TV show. Absolutely. But the system has not been set up and the education is not there for you to monetize, leverage, right? and take full advantage of your production. So now the operation is, for everything that I create, how do I full leverage everything that I've done? Why? Because you already love creating, obviously, because you create. And if you want to do more, you have to have it monetized. Well, and, that, and that's the idea of creating a, a sense of infrastructure, mm -hmm. right? Because you can't stop at just the creation. Because even the artists, right? You create a great piece of work that's appreciated but you don't have any infrastructure so you actually never receive the value of it that's the fun mm. that's where people really get and that's why web 3 gets so dangerous oh, so right because now now the creator now has full control oh, so and it's and now it's a platform it's an infrastructure that's ready made for you 
that's now where where society the world is really changing and i'm i'm super excited about web3 and a lot of the work that we're really? doing because that's now what's happening it is it's an infrastructure in a box for you man they hope you that's crazy right now <laughs> you know that's what's so crazy think about that though but they hope that the average person feels it's not for them absolutely if you have a social media page if you are a creator an influencer an entrepreneur if you do any sort of business learning blockchain and web3 is for you the the most dangerous thing is when those of the controlling class right convince those of the consumer class that want to cross over that the very material and education and infrastructure that will allow them to is not for them Absolutely. why would I get educated on blockchain why would I are you making money in this it's one of the most ignorant statements you can make ignorant in the sense you're only making it because of what you don't know not because of what you do know so anytime you make a statement based on what you don't know it's from a place of ignorance but once you become enlightened you say oh I see it the problem is a lot of people once you start getting money you become lazy so I don't want to learn something new because I'm already efficient at the way I'm making money of old so but there's a more effective way you can do it and what I look at is you complaining about this you complaining about this you complaining about this here's your solution now you don't want to take the time to learn the solution you spend that same amount of time complaining about the problem so you don't need more time you just have to adjust and manage your time towards things that are better which allow you to have more time when you become more effective get addicted to learning that's where that that's what will shake people out of the laziness and the complaints I, I love to learn so much and that's why we've always we've always clicked because it's like it's this constant learning right that's taking place every time we interact and everyone who comes around us it's like we're all learning from each other and when you're addicted to the learning you're always gonna be adding new tools everything is growing it's constant when you get lazy what happens is you stop once you put stuff once it stops oh it's over that's right that's it's over I gotta learn it's gotta grow it's gotta build it's gotta continue that's why currency has gotta move we can't just save and hold you gotta move that cash get everything moving everything's gotta move our brains gotta move our bodies gotta move everything's gotta be in motion and that's what I love about it because that, that laziness man and I love I love how you just broke that down and we say it a lot folks just gotta stop being lazy yeah stop, stop being lazy and don't make excuses for yourself because I get it non-fungible tokens right we hear these words and it's like what does that mean man just look it up you know what it means right i mean you know what it means you can read you can research it the person like, can't tell you what a url is but you use everything look man you got a phone you got google Thanks. you can get all the information you want all right if you don't know something just go ahead hey siri go ahead and ask that question yeah. don't be afraid to do that don't allow things to intimidate you because this stuff is moving past you and you're gonna miss out Imagine if when an IP address was coming and it was like, yo, imagine that became a big thing. Everybody talking about IP addresses. You understand me? Every person still don't know what that is. No. Right? That's why I say you don't know what a URL is. Some people don't know what www means. This new generation, I'm sure they don't know it means World Wide Web. No. I'm sure they do not know that. But they use it every day. They don't know what a dot com is. They don't know what HTTP slash use a credit card every day. Don't Come know on, man. Work. You don't know none of this stuff. So, but technology does not care about your ignorance or feelings. It will evolve. It will become normalized, and you will use it. But the more information you have, changes the way you use it and how you can use it, and how you can benefit from it. 
So that's why education for me on these subjects is so powerful because don't get caught up in the words and shit. What does that do? If you can figure out what each one of these technologies do, then you can figure out what you can do with it. Yes, and you know, and, and I'm already predicting, right? Just some of the the hate, right, and, and and the negative comments. And part of this is, are you investing in your learning, mm -hmm. right? Are you investing in your curiosity? And you invest with your money, with your time, whatever, because you are spending it no matter what. Is it is it advancing you? Is it furthering you? Right? Is it pushing you forward? And a lot of people, we just sit there and we get stagnant. And they're not advancing, they're not evolving, and things right. are moving past them, and they're wondering why they're stuck. And they didn't get to where they wanted to be. I said, well, you, you're not curious. You're right. not trying to learn. You're not investing. Right? I'm always going to place deposits. My time, money, whatever, because I'm trying to learn. I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to build. I'm trying to grow. And I can learn from a lot of people over and over again. And I'm going to stay hungry, stay curious on that. That's the mindset. That's if that's you, the championship mindset. If you make I'm more withdrawals and deposits, you'll always be broke. Come on. It's always going to eventually end up to being broke. Because you, you eventually get to a point where there's nothing left to withdraw. If you always make more deposits than withdrawals, it's the simplest financial literacy you can learn. You're always going to have money. You understand? Because there's always going to be something to pull from. And if you're making an abundant more deposits than withdrawals, then you're wealthy. You understand me? Like you're rich at least, and then you can become wealthy by having assets that you can leverage and withdraw from, right? So it's like we complicate everything. Everything. When it's really like you can teach the concept of wealth and financial literacy to a child by giving them simple. When you only have one and you take one, then you have zero. <coughs> if you wait till you have 10, then you have nine. If you wait till you have 100, you have 99. At which is a better place to withdraw from to where you can take as much as you want to and never needing to take more than 10%. Right? So it's like a child can understand, like, oh, I'm never supposed to spend more than I have. If you teach a child percentages at an early age, at any given time, never spend more than 10% of what you have. Right? It will be drilled into their head where that other money don't even exist. Absolutely. It only exists as a number for you to pull 10% from. Right? So now your new broke becomes higher and higher every single time. Right? If I want a thousand, right? Now I need ten thousand. If I want ten thousand, I need a hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. And you operate with that ten percent rule your whole life, it is impossible to go broke. Absolutely impossible. You would never spend more than ten percent. And these are rules of investing, it's rules of business. It's it's it, you you have when you can apply defined rules to your life, when I got to that point. Where it's like, all I gotta do is never spend more money than I have. I have to stop <laughs> spending money that I don't have. Like I, I got you got a check coming and you automatically start spending it. Absolutely. Ah, stop doing that. First yeah. of all, now my new broke is a ceiling that most people have as they go. Absolutely. I'm like, fuck, this shit went down. I don't even see the other money. No. That oh shit, it went below this. Oh no, we got a problem. I can't pay <laughs> no bills until I get some money on them. <laughs> I got because you got to always have a certain amount of leverage in life that's it, that's and you never want to lose that. So now you have to constantly create new broke for you, right? If your, your broke can never stay at the same level. You, you maintain in poverty. Yeah. My new broke has, has to be my last rich. You understand me? Like, just say That's a line. You feel me? Your, your new broke has to be your last rich. What you going for is rich right now should be a point where this makes you feel broke. You understand me? That's when you know 
I've actually pushed my lifestyle to a certain point. No ceilings, man. It's just it's just new floor, man. It's just new floor. I want some people broke. <laughs> like there's certain people, certain millionaires and billionaires, they broke. It's my lifestyle. Absolutely. Man, they will they they probably jump off a building. Hey, that's what they said. They said if Bezos had Oprah money, he'd kill himself. Oh, God. Oh, my God. He can't take out that super yacht. He's like, wait, He can't what? afford these, these models no more? That's a million dollars a day? Oh, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you also man. have to recognize the wealth that you have inherently. Absolutely. Where one man has to pay a million dollars for a lady, that's the wealth that I have inherently. You know what I'm saying? Like, so no, but like that's just, that's just wrapped up in good genetics. But but but, but but think that that's that's a certain wealth though. Like because a person has to get wealth to spend money on things that you have naturally. So you have to account that as part of your wealth because that's gonna save you so much money. You understand me? It's like you got a black card of good looks that you can use and leverage forever. As long as you know you maintain yourself. That's why I wake up and thank God every day. <laughs> yes, sir. It's, it's just it's incredible. Well, it's incredible. Oh, man. Man. He created a masterpiece yeah. right here. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's unbelievable, man. Yeah, that'll be... you, look, you got, you got, you got, Raise him. You got your mind that's worth a certain amount. Like, people don't even know how to, like, evaluate themselves. Like, yeah. Because net worth is, you know, your assets minus your liabilities. You understand me? And of course, your debt and income you got coming in, all that, right? You have things that are priceless that you can always draw from, right? So my mind is so much wealth in here, I can always draw from. My perspective has so much value that anybody at any given time will pay me for it. So that, that's a bank account that I have, right? I can't put a number on that because I don't. I haven't maximized that. I haven't tried to withdraw all of it. But I can always withdraw from it. Being tall, dark, and handsome—that's another bank account. Because people treat you differently, right? I'm just being honest about reality. So if you study yourself, you start to know. You know, like being able to speak—that's a bank account I can draw from. Absolutely. Right. Being a good salesperson, being a creative, being a designer, right? Being a, a, a producer, like. All of these are bank accounts. So you got the dollar amount, then you got things that are infinite accounts that you can pull from forever. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.